Okay. So here, Erev, Rosh Chodesh Av, Rosh Chodesh Benachem Av, as we might be busy with laundry and we might be busy trying on and off clothes that they shouldn't be too fresh. Chapter 9 of this letter of Tshuva. In Chapter 9, we're focusing on understanding the idea of the upper Tshuva, the upper repentance. Meaning last chapter, we discussed how one pulls tremendous compassion from God, how one emotionally breaks themselves by recognizing the severity of their sin, the effect of their soul, the effect on God's name in which their soul is sourced. And this can rectify the hay. This can redeem the hay, the lower hay of God's name, release it from the evil, and reunite it, reattach it to the other letters of God's name. At the end of the chapter, chapter 8, we spoke about the upper repentance, which we explained was really tremendous emotion, tremendous love. And through that love, really, really having such a desire to be reconnected to God through learning Torah. So we're so much love God, so much are in awe of God, and we just want to be absolutely one with Him. And as we learned Torah, we said we're so one, like the breath before it's exhaled. So in chapter 9, we want to understand this idea of learn Torah with all and love of God. This is the upper tshuva. Because what does this have to do with the hay of the four-letter name? Meaning yud, and then hay, and then vav, and then hay. The upper hay, we know, is bina, is understanding. So I get how that, well, Torah understanding, that makes sense. But at the end of last chapter, we really emphasized that the learning had to be done with enormous emotion. We actually focused not on the hay of God's name, but on the vav, yud, and then hay, and then vav, and then hay. And we explained the vav is the emotions, and for this upper chula to be effective, you need tremendous emotion, a, a love for God. We say you're not running from punishment. You're racing toward God because you have such love and reverence of God, and you want to be so close to him. So why is this restoring the hay? So what the Rebbe basically discusses is that the love and fear that we mentioned in Chapter 8 are created by intellect, meaning you meditate on God's greatness. And from the thoughts on God's greatness, which are all in the upper hay, in the bina of your soul, this creates the child of emotion. That vav, which we said last chapter, is the child of the intellect. So specifically, that type of love and fear, a love and fear child of intellect motivating your Torah learning, that's going to unite the hay, the upper hay of learning reconnected to the vav of emotion and restore that upper hay that also got damaged through your transgressions. So the Rebbe basically explains that this bina, remember in the four-letter name, yud is chachma, is a creative flash, the initial point, and then the hay, which is the dimensions of that yud, is bina, the dimensions of chachma, which is understanding, comprehension, analysis. And this bina is what is being restored in this higher tshuva, in this higher return to God. 
because we really have to use our bina. We have to meditate really with tremendous concentration. We have to focus on the greatness of God. And because we're so much thinking of the greatness of God, we create a child. We have a product called emotion, intellectually created awe and love of God. Just like it says in the verse, Love your God because he is your life. Meaning, this is a rational love. This is based on a reason. The more I understand how God is my life, which we actually discussed in, in the first section of Tanya, the more I love God. So obviously every Jew loves God. There's a latent love in the heart of every single Jew. And we have to reveal that love as well. But what we're talking about here. To do this upper repentance, I need emotion, and the emotion has to be created by my mind. I have to have a love. I have to have a fear. I have to have an awe. I have to have an embarrassment. These are all colors and flavors of fear, of gvura. And when I create these in my mind, this is the idea of the bina, who's called the mother that crouches over the chicks, that the intellect is giving birth and hovering over the chicks, the offsprings, the love and fear of God. So here I have this love. And if I have love, what do I want? I want to be with you. So when one has such a love of God, they want to be with God. It says in Shir Hashirim, in the Song of Songs, that he kisses me with the kisses of his mouth. If you have a physical kiss... If two people, that their breath becomes one. So here we have my soul and God united through the breath, the speech of Torah, through my good deeds, and specifically the inner breath is my concentrated study of Torah. And I'm really investing my spirit, my inner energies in Torah. That's my kiss. That spirit-to-spirit connection. Because my love has to be so intense that every aspect of my soul, my intellect, my emotion, my thought, my speech, my action, every part of me just wants one thing. It wants to be one with God. So how do I bind myself up to God? So in terms of my emotions, when I act the same way God does, that emotion is bound up with God. That's like our sages say, God is merciful, so you should be merciful. So when I act with compassion, my compassion is bound up with God's compassion. When I use my intellect for God's study of Torah, my intellect is bound up with God's intellect. My thoughts are bound up with God's thoughts. When I speak words of Torah, my speech is bound up with God's speech. This is how every part of me becomes ones with him. When I do actions like God's actions, my actions are one with him. What's God's action? God is constantly providing life. God constantly revives the spirit of creation. So if I do an act of charity to lift up someone's spirits, to give them more life, I'm acting God-like. So my actions are one with his. And this is such an ultimate attachment because of my love from God. This is the ultimate attachment. So if someone did all these things, 
they're, they're so kind, and they learn, and they give charity. They do all these good things. But they're not doing it because of this love. The attachment's not going to be the same. If I want this ultimate union with God, it's not just through Torah study, which is what we're saying in this chapter. It's through Torah study attained because of the love. Other Torah study, my, my spirit will be one with God's spirit, but not to the same degree. So that's why we're saying to do this upper repentance, this tshuva ila'ah, which is a manifestation of my soul's complete attachment to God, it means studying Torah with all that love of God. Because if it's not with all that love of God, the depth of attachment is not going to happen. Now with this, we're going to answer one of the questions we raised. We raised three questions, if you remember that far back, in the beginning of this Igaris, in the beginning of this section of Tanya. And one question was understanding this whole concept of the lower tube and the upper tube and restoring the lower hay. And this was all starting in chapter four. The first three chapters were the nigla, the revealed portions of Torah, Talmudic understanding of tshuva. And starting in chapter four, we became mystical. And we raised three questions. And one question was, what did the Zohar mean by the lower repentance, restoring the lower hay, the upper repentance, restoring the upper hay? By now, we have just now completed understanding that idea. The second question, which we are going to answer right now, is why did the Zohar say that for a transgression like zera levatala, like wasting zera semen, regular tshuva, regular repentance is not enough, and it's explained in Kabbalistic works, you need this upper repentance. And the third question, which we did already answer, was how could it be that someone could do such a severe transgression for which they're supposed to physically die before 50 or 60, and they live on many years? So that third question we actually answered first. The first question we answered second. And now we're about to answer the last of the three, but we still need to answer the second question. So what does it mean? Why does it say in the Zohar that a regular repentance can't take care of this transgression? And it's explained in Kabbalistic sources, I mean, because everything can be repented for, that you need this higher transgression. So basically, these types of transgressions, wasteful emission, uh, incestuous relationship, any union prohibited by Torah, all of these things blemish the mind. So if they blemish the mind, the only way to rectify them is in the mind. In other words, to do a regular repentance, which restores the lower hay, it wasn't specifically by immersing yourself in Torah at all. It was by turning to God to pull out com tremendous compassion and really focusing on how horrible your sin is and what horrific damage it caused your soul and God's name. But in the upper tshuva, we need tremendous focus on Torah. So this focus on Torah restores the damage to the mind. So if these transgressions specifically harm the mind, a regular repentance can't really do it. Because I need a repentance that's going to cleanse and heal my mind. And for that, I need the upper repentance. And that's actually, we see in the Midrash that says if a person commits such a sin for which he is liable to death before God, to live, he should learn more Torah. So a person could say, like, what's the connection? 
I did a sin for which, I mean, not I, someone out there did a sin, for which they're punishable by death, like the sin of wasteful omission, and they're going to learn more Torah, like what's the connection? But the says, no, remember that rope, that analogy of the rope we keep coming back to. You have the rope, it was severed, now you're re-knotting it, it has to be thicker, thicker, thicker knot. So, if I have, God forbid, damaged my mind, and I need to reconnect in that place of my mind back to God, I need a doubly and triply and quadrupled rope, which means means I have to learn more and more and more to create such a strong knot to heal and rebind that rope and heal my mind. And that's why, through the study of Torah specifically, that sin can be forgiven in a practical way. If this might not have seemed completely practical, though I, I sort of discussed this, mentioned this yesterday, that if a person has inside of themselves a trait that they want to do an upper repentance for, because a lower repentance removes your guilt, removes your punishment, but doesn't remove the evil. But an upper repentance removes the evil. So if you, you want to get rid of the evil inside of you, a lower repentance isn't going to get rid of the evil. It, you, might, you might be forgiven, but the evil's still there. To get rid of the evil, you need to do an upper repentance. And here we're told exactly how. Pull out of yourself a love for God. And with this love for God, learn more. And give God the message. The only reason I'm learning is because I want to transform this evil. This evil is a catalyst of my learning. This evil is what's motivating me to learn more of your Torah. And then the evil gets wrapped up in the godliness of the Torah and becomes transformed. So you're not just not punished, you're healed. That's what the Rebbe is saying. Through this upper repentance, our minds are healed.